I was so afraid of love because it made me feel so out of control, even as a young girl. And um, I don't think we talk about that craziness isn't bad. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are in this world, this is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest. Jennifer Reese is with me today. She's got an amazing story. But what I like to do, Jennifer, is have my guests introduce themselves to my audience, like who you are, what you do. And then you and I are just going to have a conversation and have fun with it and tell people how badass you really are. Oh man, geez Louise, scared little girl. <laughs> uh, first, I just want to say thank you so much for um, having me. It's uh, still a little shocking when people allow me to come on and um, use my voice and my heart and my soul. And I appreciate what you're doing. And um, when two minds collide, who knows what could really happen? So thank you for for allowing me some time. And uh, my name is Jennifer Reese. And first and foremost, I always like to introduce myself. I'm the daughter of the King of the Most High. And uh, and after that, I'm a wife and a mother of four. And it is that probably has humbled me and grounded me in a way that I never wanted to experience and probably always wanted to experience. Um, I wear a lot of different hats. Um, my husband and I have multiple businesses. We're from we're in the medical field. We're also in the investment raising capital field. Uh, we're we're in the franchise e field. And for the last ten years, I've been able to coach men and women. And I'm now stepping into my own. So I am actually a speaker and a live event coach for men and women. And we. We bring the violence and the grace out in human beings, both men and women. So that just is like the short end of everything. Um, uh, Jennifer, like I'm sitting here, right? And we had a, <laughs> we were chatting before, right? And there's so many directions we could go. Um, but little did I know we were part we're part of this networking group, and and it was funny because when you messaged me, you're like. Yeah, like I, you saw me and you said it kind of freaked you out. Like, and, and you all, you know, yeah. And I, Teddy's my brother. And everybody says that, like, the older I get, the more him and I look alike. And the more, we, like, I went to that party I was telling you over the weekend. And like, my sisters, right? It's not their dad because we had different dads, but they're like, they were just staring at me going, you look like your dad so much. And, you know, that could be a curse for me and it could be okay. Cause, but I remember when I was young, my mom would, one time she reached over and smacked me one. And I was like, what's that for? And she goes, because you look like your dad. I'm like, well, oh, sorry yeah. about that. But anyway, so like, I want to talk about some of the challenges, right? Cause it takes a lot. You, first and foremost, I want, foremost, I want to say you have one of the toughest jobs in the world and that's being a mother if not the toughest, right? Because it's like your president, CEO, CFO, CEO, you know, everything in the family and everybody 
right? Looks to mom when they need stuff. And and it's just like, yeah, I hate to say it, but you have to learn how to multitask, right? Because we were talking about like getting your child to jujitsu and, and doing what you got to do. And so, but anyway, give my audience a little background of where you've been and some of the challenges along the way that got you to where you're at today. So, man, thank you for letting me even share this. You know, when I was younger, I never wanted to have children. Um, and I uh, never even wanted to get married. And there was this light switch that turned off when I was five. And my perception of what happened probably isn't factual. I'm just going to say that like straight up. So at five years old, the light, like I turned off, it went, I went dark. And I went dark for a long time. And and the only people, I really am a human being that loves connection. And I love community. And when you believe a lie about yourself, whether someone spoke it or it's inside of your head, and uh, you're just willing to take off with it. So I just thought that I was um, the black sheep and I was rejected and really and felt that I never fit in. And because of that, the, the people that I like to fit in were people that... And I would tell you in society measures, they say that they're, um, you know, the maybe the drug addicts, the, the gang bangers, uh, the homeless, um, lower class, I'm going to say lower class. That's how the that's how the world would describe us. I don't. I don't go by class. Right. Um, so also, so that's where a lot of things began for me for a very long time. And I got really, really good at it. And I was really, really good at it for a long time until I, I got pregnant at a young age, at 18 and a half. And I was actually very indifferent as a human being. Um, there was no love. There was no hate. I had a job to do. I went and got it done. Um, I was very committed to that job. I did whatever it took. And, uh, you know, um, lying, cheating, stealing, all of it, you know, I handled my business. And even when I found out I was pregnant, I was figuring out a way to really reconcile what was taking place. Um, and and um, I didn't want to have an abortion, but I never wanted to have a child. So there was this internal battle that really started to take place. And um so, and that was really when I stopped becoming indifferent. All of a sudden, feelings started to really show up, you know. And then, uh, nine and a half months later, I had this beautiful child, and this doctor put this child in my arms. And Max, I broke. And I believe that was probably the first time in my life for a long time. I don't want that's a little too dramatic, but the first time in a very, very long time that I realized, um, that I was made to love people. And um, from that on, I resisted that love for a long time. Um, I did change my life a little bit and uh, stopped drinking and stopped using and hit out in a room. I kid you not, hit out in a room until that young person was born and uh, was I was able to manage some life skills. And then uh, he was probably about... 11 months old and I found I was pregnant again. And this is like, I see it now, but God really kind of did a lot of stuff. Anyways, long story short is what really came to the end of the battle is not only was I pregnant again, I found out that I was pregnant with this beautiful, beautiful girl. And you, 
you have to look at yourself in the mirror. I didn't act like a young lady. I didn't act like a woman. Um, I was not, I did not have any valor or virtue. And um, I knew something, something was going to have to give. And uh, I knew that she was brought here for a very special reason. And it was my job to figure that out. And it scared the living crap out of me. And I would love to tell you that I got my life together and I didn't, I didn't get my life together until uh, she was about 13 months. Um, and then I had a wonderful encounter with a couple of people that actually still weren't too afraid of me. And um, they helped me out a lot with two, two small kids. And at the time I was married, but I, I left, I went back home. And from there, God's really uh, showed up in many ways, even ways that I haven't wanted to. So that's just the beginning of where I've really started. And my boots have been on the ground from probably the age of nine, sometimes on the dark side, um, but for a long time on the light side. Right. And see, that's what, and if you can, well, what I want to get at is, right, like you say, there's that dark, there's that thing that happens when we're younger, right? Like somebody says something to us. And it changes your whole perspective on life, right? You either, um, I don't feel good enough, right? Or like Mm -hmm. you, me, I felt like the black sheep because, right? And it, like, I can pinpoint a lot of it, right? Just things that were said by relatives and stuff like that, right? And then, because my mom and dad were divorced and, right, I was always compared to my dad and I hated it. And the more you did that to me, the more I was going to show you how opposite of him I was, <laughs> right? Um, but then, like you said, you have your children, right? And things slowly starts to, you know, it's like God is slowly slowly sprinkling stuff on you. Like, you're going to change whether you like it or not. But I'm going to, this is how it's going to happen. So, so being a young mother, like, what were some of the challenges that you went through, like, Cause you know what I mean? People, I was young when I had my first son, I was 20. Right. And I didn't yep. know anything, you know, like how to be a dad and, and right. And we'll get into other stuff, but like, what were some of those challenges that really shaped you as you think, if you look back now, you go, it was that, you know, my children having them young and here, having to step up, whether I liked it or not, you know, how did that shape you? So Gosh, what a really, really amazing question. I I believe that I can start here. It wasn't until I was really when I had my second child, because I now, you know, I have four now. When I had my second child, like the heart, when my heart broke open, I was still in like in this dark world. And so now I'm I'm in this dark world and I have two kids. How do I protect them from this world that I've I'm a part of that I'm creating that I'm actually bringing demand in. And not only am I bringing demand in, I could possibly potentially be bringing in people that are going to lose their life or bringing them into this world that some people don't ever get out of. Right. And all of a sudden I was thought like, these are the, this, the demons here are happening here. And I still had a job to do. And what it came down to, I was so afraid of losing the community and and i believed it really was it's my racket it's the belief because i'm the black sheep i mean here's the belief the story right um and it's so interesting um 
you know, you say you don't want something, but you go after what you, you say you don't want. And for so many years, that that is really what I did. And so really being someone that was so dark and and it was like, I don't want to beat myself up in guilt and shame. I don't want it, right. but it was gross and dirty. And then coming home and shaking that off and then picking up picking up these two beautiful human beings that completely rocked my world. And all I wanted to do was hold them and cuddle them, you know? And um, eventually my, my coach, my friend, Dan Ciccini said this to his daughter one time, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He looked at his daughter and he said, I'm going to chase you until you let me find you. And I believe that's what God was doing the whole time and how god really found me or how i stopped running from him is through my children and it just got to a place that i wasn't willing to completely shut myself down that these two kids not only did they bring life back into me but it's not their responsibility for for me to live and it's not their response i don't get to live through them i get to bring life to them Right. And um, and so that's really how it really kind of started. It, it was a slow journey, Max. I mean, I remember walking into rooms that help people that really needed help with like drugs and alcohol. And uh, one of my dear friends, man, I love her to death still to this day. And she's my best friend. But we had a shirt that said F-U, F and F. Like <laughs> we were not gentle women, so to speak, you right. know, and um, and also but that's who I really always wanted to be. Like I wanted to be this dainty, beautiful little girl that wore dresses and the kindness. And I would walk into a room when I was a little girl and I could work the whole room and it wasn't working. It was, I love connecting with human beings and being told, Hey, be quiet, sit down. You don't have to talk to everyone. Why are you like that? All of this stuff. And remember you guys, this is my perception. Right. You know, um, and um, and then on top of that, just, you know, little things and getting excited about things. And my parents are still married. My parents are amazing human beings. No one's perfect. And um, and also with that said, I just didn't know how special what an amazing gift it is to be different that. OK, you're the black sheep. OK, right on. Like, you know what? Like not only are you an amazing person but you get to be unique and special and inside of this yes it's gonna there's some deep stuff that you get to you get to go through through that that's leadership you're cultivating community cultivating love and you're and you like i feel for people and some of that stuff was really hard to to understand and know also and especially through the children, that's really what brought me in. Like I could no longer lie to myself about that. I, that I didn't care if I was harming another human being in any way. Um, Cause I could no longer look at these two beautiful human beings and tell myself, wait a minute. I obviously not only do I care, but I love and I nourish and like, like curling up with them. And that's really what I have always wanted for myself and for anybody else. And so you know the floodgates opened and these and it was my job my responsibility to 
to allow these two beautiful humans to come in and find their own path, their own voice, their own journey. And you know what? I was going to fucking do it. Right. It's, you know, like you gave me the goosebumps when you were talking and, and you thank you first and foremost for being so vulnerable. Right. Because that's a hard time when you think about, right. Like, like I didn't, as, as you know, like you said, you had great parents. I had a wonderful mother. Yes, my mom and dad divorced. But you know that the things you put in your own brain at those young ages were like, you know, and during my addiction, it was my mom's fault. It was my dad's yep. fault. It was everybody else's fault but mine, right? But like, you know, I met people like what you described when I got deep into my addiction, right? Like I met people that I saw mothers, right? That could be let's say, let's just say this way, hardcore at one moment. Right. And I, you know, I, a guy, I would be like, I'm afraid I ain't messing with that woman. You know what I mean? Cause she's a, I'm not, but then I could watch them turn around and be so gentle to their kids. And right. And like you said, they were stuck in this, this darkness, but yet they're luckily maybe the kids pulled them out. Right. Like yours did. And but like, it was weird because I, I don't come from an abusive background, you know, and, but when I, you know, got it deep into my addiction, right. Mom kicked me out and I ran the streets and watched some of the things that I've seen, you know, in the tweak world, as you, as you know, just, and just that whole, right. That whole, and, you know, and I had one of those moments too, where the last time I was in jail, right. Cause I was facing three years in prison. Right. I was doing a six month violation and I share this sometimes, but I was with my bunkie. Right. We we're having this conversation uh, because I when I was in my addiction. Right. I abandoned my kids. Right. I yeah. did what I said I would never do. I became worse than my dad. At least my dad, his job took him overseas. Right. He tried to come back, but then he died of a massive heart attack, which I blamed on him. Like it was his fault. Like, how dare sure. you. Right. You Absolutely. broke a promise. Um, yeah. <laughs> I used to have this picture, right, of my three older kids, and it was a picture at Christmas time of all three of them sitting on Santa's lap, right? And there was this one lady that she was like a mama bear to all of us, even though we were messing up, but she'd always say, hey, Max, I know, let me, I'll babysit your kids, right? So long story short, I'm having this conversation where I go, yeah, my friend's babysitting my kids, right? And this picture of my kids and we're going back and forth and I go, yeah, I love my kids. And then I started getting into that pity party, right? Like yeah. I'm just laying it on them and I finish, right? Cause I'm telling them how much I love my kids and blah, blah, blah. And there's about a three second pause and he goes, Hey homeboy, if you love those kids as much as you say, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, like, how dare you, right? You just disrespected me. I jump up, he jumps up, and I just stared at him. And I was like, you know, in that moment where you go, he's right. Like, how can I say I love my kids where I haven't even seen them in nine years? And I'm sitting here telling how much I love these these kids of mine. And I gave the dude a hug and I said, you're right. And then now I hear almost 20 years later, I've been in their life for over 20 years, right? But it was those moments that at least I think for me, like you, I think God stopped me enough to hear what he was saying to go, dude, listen to what he's telling you. You haven't seen your kids. Cause I used to tell my sponsor in the beginning, I love my kids. If God loves me so much, why'd he take my kids away? Right. Sure. And the, the brilliant sponsor that I have, he's, I still have him 20 years later. He'd go, yeah. Hey Max, let's think about this. 
You gave your kids away. You didn't even take no. Yeah. Nobody took your. You didn't. You gave them away, right? And it was like moments like that where this journey of recovery, like that onion we talk about, you know, uncover, discover, discard, and it's an everyday yeah. thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to see your face, everybody. I, it's the same face I make when I do that. It's just like, like really, we got to do this, but like, but you've been doing it for a long time, right? And look where you are today, right? So yeah, if you look back in true. hindsight, those two children of yours were that gift that God gave you that whether it's slow or not brought you to where you're at today, right? And you're happily married, you have a home, you get to do all this amazing stuff, right? So, you know, tell the audience a little bit about some of the lessons you learned as, you know, you started coming out of that dark place, right? Because you and I know with long-term sobriety, sometimes that dark place actually looks okay sometimes. Like that pops in our brain, like, you know, like, hey, maybe I should try it out again. But luckily we go, no, that's not a good idea, right? Yeah, well, nowadays the dark place is almost, it's the victim. Like we in the coaching world or in like my experience, we call it, the racket, kind of like a racketeering, like a storefront, right? And right. so um, it just so happens I'm very comfortable in the dark. And so the dark for me no longer looks like drugs and alcohol, violence. Well, not all the time. I, I am a woman that believes that violence is important. Um, and also I am a woman of peace. And so there was a long time where there was no peace in just one way. So the journey has, this is what I can tell you. And I used to hate this when I used to hear this from people in the rooms that I, you know, that I go to, or even outside like mentors, I had a lot of women that came in and just like, I had women that I didn't deserve, but I wasn't going to push them away anymore. Not only that, it's, I had some experiences, even when, when I first at 24 sober, two kids, like what the hell I had some pretty interesting people say, Hey, like, what are you doing? You were never really one of us. Like you have like go. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so, and like you said, I think there were, I believe all humans have those moments of opportunity. It just so happens. Sometimes we can silence our own demons to hear them. And that has been the biggest lesson for me is Jen, are you willing to be brave enough to silence your own bullshit? Like, am I willing to be courageous to be with myself and that story of the black sheep? Am I willing to let it go so then I can really become this woman who I have always needed or wanted when I was younger? And that is now really the internal struggle. And I I use the word internal internal violence, but that has really been the lesson over 22 plus years now is that you know, you take away certain things and, and yes, for a long time, you're starting to learn how to live without some crutches and then coming to find out I'm my own crutch. And so if it really, if, if it really is me and really is my mind, then, then I really needed the help. And I didn't do everything perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I fought back a lot. I love to resist. I want to know why something works or, and like you're telling me to go do this and I have to go to some dinner with all these people. I can't F and stand. I want to know why this is going to work for me right. when I'm freaking 55, you know, <laughs> right. and gosh, darn it. Like it works for me at 46 still. Cause I can walk into a room and whether I'm uncomfortable because I'm judging myself 
but I want to judge somebody else. I will walk into a room and it's kind of like a chameleon. Like I don't have a bad definition of a chameleon anymore. When I'm insecure, I'm going to come up to you and say, Hey, how are you? You make me feel a little fuzzy inside. So obviously I'm feeling a little uh, insecure. Like, tell me, like, what do you do? And so it's through all this process and all these people that have really loved me and given to me that all I want to do is give it back. And, um, you know, the phrase, the older I get, the less I know. I hate how true that is. Because <laughs> I'm laughing it. with you. I hate it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want like I want to go straight to my punching bag downstairs and literally right. like fit open. I'm starting to what I am starting to think I understand about that is every night there's a death that occurs. I go to sleep. When I wake up the morning, if I think I know or what worked, what I knew yesterday works for today, then I'm already dead. And as long as I continue and, you know, I mean, everyone wants to look good, feel good, be right. And all of that stuff. I'm super included in that. And there are many times that I'm like, I'll die on a hill. And I got to tell you, it's not fun when you clean it up. But, um, you know, I just, I was so afraid of love because it made me feel so out of control, even as a young girl. And um, I don't think, I don't think we talk about the, that craziness isn't bad. That craziness of loving another human being to a point that you want them to be well, that, that there's an ordering of chaos that really can occur. And, um, and I don't know if we're always taught that as a young child. And for me, it scared the crap out of me. Um, and, um, so now when it scares me, I'm just willing to be with myself when I'm scared, I'm no longer to really create chaos and wreak havoc. And, and I'm not saying I don't because I do. Um, I mean, I just had to apologize to my husband this morning about it. Like, Hey, I really handle that situation. I freaking love you so much that I feel insane right now. And there's obviously a next level that's occurring for us. And, I want to hide. I want to resist this. I don't want you to know how much I love you and how much I want you next to me. And also, if you walk away from me, I'm going to be mad at you because now it's your fault. You're walking away. And like now we can laugh, right. but that took two days. So, you know, I don't, it's what a beautiful journey we get to live. And so many people, well, you know, um, I don't know why I'm here and I'm not going to second guess it. I'm going right. to take advantage of it. Um, do I deserve it? Probably not. Am I grateful for it? Absolutely. Am I going to do everything that I think I can do and and then allow other people to speak into my life because they can see more of who I am um, and then go after that? Uh, then yes. Are there some days I just want to hide in bed? Yep. Yep. I know. I know those feelings, right? And I'm going to tell you, a uh, fellow long-term recovery person, right? I believe that, you know, look at all the chances we've gotten. If you think back on our journey, like, yeah. you know, there's moments where we're like, dang, I shouldn't have made it through that one, you know? No kidding. But here's what I do. I, whether I'm at a treatment facility working with a client or my private, whether I'm coaching, I always start off with, look, you're a child of God and he don't make yeah. junk. You know what I mean? So you're here for a reason. Shine your light because the world needs it. 
And I know it's going to take time because I'll get this cross-eyed look like, what are you talking about? Like, I go, well, God, if you think about it, God doesn't have grandchildren. So you're his child. Go do your best and know that you're loved, right? And, but I had a hard time with that too, especially in the beginning, right? Like I did, like I relapsed four times when I got sober in the beginning, right? And it was kind of like my way, like I still have the same sponsor almost 20 years later, but it was like those times, if I look back and I'm honest with myself, it was like, I'm really going to see if this guy talks the talk and walks the walk, right? Sure. And I'm the one hurting myself, but guess who yep. was there every time I came back with no judgment? Like, he's one of the men that knows everything about me, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I call him my Yoda because it's always, I always feel like when I see him or go into his office back in the day, it was like, back use the force, right? Like I always said, I'm going to come in your office. You're going to be floating in the middle of the room with this green aura around you telling me to use the force. And he always laughs, but I mean, he's been there through thick and thin through my family stuff that we kind of talked about. I mean, not once have I had to ever doubt or ever doubted that, you know, that man was there. And, and it's like you, I'm, I, I, it's hard. Cause there's times where Right. I still have that maybe that male macho thing, right? Where like I have to learn and I'm, I'm a work in progress with when it comes to communicating with my wife and telling her how I feel, right? Because you know, sure. we're we're taught as men, like I'll handle it, you know. Don't worry, I got your back, babe. You go, you can get anxious, I'll handle it, I'll handle it. But I know that there's times she wants to know, like, how are you feeling? And I have yeah. to get better at that. And I admit that to her all the time, like, right, you know, like. But for me, it's hard to say like, hey, honey, you know, sit down. I want to talk to you. I got to tell you how I'm feeling, right? Like I still struggle with that even after all these years. But it's also, it's good for me to hear your story, right? And that's why I asked you to come on because we, I believe we're all special in our own way. And you and I, people like you and I, even though we had that dark side, we are connectors. We love connecting with people. I think that's that superpower that God gave you and me and people like us, right? Because we've, as a guy, you know, my friend, I told you on the podcast, you're on, Chris says, he goes, we've, you and I have been in the trenches since day one, if you think yeah. about it, even when we were little, right? We didn't even know it, but, and I love being in the trenches, right? Because that's where I connect with people. But yes, yep. I, I try to connect with people outside of my recovery community, right? I have a lot of friends that are in the personal development. As you know, like we all have some of the same people in our network. And I'm like you. I like to see what makes them tick, you know, and just, yeah. oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll ask you questions and, and me and Chris have had those three and a half hour conversations. He's had three and a half hour conversation with my wife before, right? But that's what I love about doing this, right? I get to know people on a different level. So like, that's why I'm so grateful you came on. So, you. you know, I know this is a constant battle because you and I can relate, but it seems from what I'm hearing, you're telling me is that it's getting better, right? We have our moments. So what is it like today with your kids being older, you're married, uh, mm -hmm. you're back in California. And like I said earlier, okay. you know, I pray for you because I want to leave too. Like, you know what I mean? But like, those are the outside things, right? But we know yeah. if we have a good foundation, right, we can get through anything. So tell the audience, like some of the things that you do for like your self-care to make sure that you take care of you. Because I, I believe in that airplane analogy, right? If I don't take the oxygen first, I'm not going to be able to help my wife because I'm going to be choking on no air, right? So yeah. what do you do for yourself 
that you know keeps you grounded and for the most part there for your family right because we all have our moments so we're not perfect but you know it sounds like you're you're pretty solid and you, you have a wonderful wonderful family and it's just been so far this has just been amazing thank you well um so gosh um let me just say this first of all one of the biggest transformational things that have happened is that the word battle like just even the word battle is that really if i'm not careful that will really feed into my default my default story of like oh i have to be like this or i have to be the tough guy and so one of the coolest experiences through uh, you know i'm i'm in prayer every single morning and um and i would love to tell you that it's only five minutes i would love to tell you it's 30 minutes i would love to tell you it's this like i of course there's like a roofer over my head i apologize but i can't so, even hear so you're good <laughs> okay so i do have a routine that works for me so if it works for me it may not work for anybody on this what i can say is that this routine is a beautiful template that's that is what has really created my life and it's not because i'm brilliant or i'm wise it's just from all the people that have loved me i have been able to take little bits and pieces to make it work for my my purpose my mission and so um i do i wake up in the morning and one of the very first things that i say is gosh lord thank you like even when i'm like pissed and we can get into a faith topic for a long time i was in the occult and i was a witch and so um <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I literally have had 1200 different lives because I had to recreate myself so many times that was just out of fear. And so now, um, you know, I do that. I go downstairs, I get my coffee, um, for me, um, I do a Bible study and then I'm on my face. Like it is time to ground myself. And what I mean by that is, um, I, inside when you have over 22 years of experience working with others living a life of being a sober-minded not putting things in your body because you have to even when you want to and you think you need to you still choose not to right um that we we kind of self-reliance really becomes a big thing it and it's not intentional it's just oh i know i know what i need to do because i know what's been working and so getting on my face really allows god to come back in and um you know when it comes to self-care this is something that in my experience working with especially women for over 22 years and even some men that i even challenge them what self-care is i like to call it really self-compassion it's not yes i get my nails done i have fake eyelashes all, all this radical stuff um <laughs> like it for for me self-care is very internal um and it's am i willing to let my mind and my heart and my body connect and when i'm on my face and all i'm hearing is my breath and all i've got to do this i have to do this am i willing to ground myself to pause to quiet the mind and am I willing to pray for people I can't effing stand? How about the people that have actually harmed me when I think I'm doing good or righteous things? All those people, um, you know, praying for my enemies, praying for my family members and for my children. And um, or when my husband really pisses me off, make sure I continue to pray for him and the world around us. And so that that gives me a moment, at least a moment in the morning. So when then I wake up, and I'm up and standing that now 
I really feel like I'm prepared to hear what God actually is calling me to do for that day. And then I go to the gym. Um, and uh, uh, that's for me, that's where God and I fight. Like, I would love to tell you I'm so Zen that I don't have any horrible thoughts about human beings or <laughs> things for the world. Right. Um, I, I do. And I like to be under the iron. I like to be under that squat squat rack. Um, I also do some martial arts and um, I like sometimes getting punched in the face a lot. And um, and I really like for me, I'm fighting God. Like you promised this or why is this happening or why are these kids being harmed or what in the world? Like, and so I just get to get all that rage and all that pent up. Like I'm creating so many stories before the sun's even set, you know, it's even risen. I do in the know what you mean, right? So, so that's my time. And then by the time, you know, I come home and hopefully like, you know, our routine at home is very different than some other people. We don't like breakfast either, either made or my kids are at the age where, you know, they fend for themselves. My youngest now is 14. Like he, can, he makes his own food. He does his own laundry. Like, I'm now at a phase where I, you know, I was boots on the ground as a mom and like did it really hard and also made lots of mistakes. And I have some amazing kids, but not because I was perfect, because I told them, listen, I'm going to mess you up. All of my kids, I told this, I will pay for your therapy. <laughs> if you ever go to jail or there's a drug problem, I will stand with you. I will not save you. Um, and but but this is a ride that we are on and we are going to do it together especially being so young and having a child nobody tells you what to do and so i constantly and some people think i'm a little bit too open and transparent with my kids and i just tell them like right on no problem like i, I hear what you're saying i'm going to listen and learn uh and then i'm going to take a stand and speak to my kids you know and um and so they may or may not agree with me, but I can tell you, uh, so far, two out of four have been in therapy, intense therapy. Uh, one of them is like you and I. So obviously there's no perfection, but what it is, is my kids knew from the very beginning that I was going to love them freaking no matter what. And um, that I would fight for them no matter what. And that they were going to have to be accountable no matter what, but but their mama was always there. And uh, you know, it's, it's been great. So that's kind of little stuff that I do. And then, um, other self-care things when I can feel myself getting itchy or some people say anxiety or frustrated, I pause, you know, and just kind of give myself. So there are just four things I do every single day, pray, work out. Uh, I actually feel my body pretty darn healthy. Actually. I want to live to like 275 years old. I know that's not the norm out <laughs> here. Right. Uh, I don't want to miss anything. So I actually really fuel my body and not perfectly. I'll eat a Snicker bar. Hershey kiss, Hershey almond kisses are like my weakness. Oh, mine's um, Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like they just be so good for you. And um, <laughs> I know, right? so I do, I eat, um, I eat in a way that fuels my body to allow my body to really actually work for me, not against me. Right. And, um, and then every single day, either a friend, a child, a parent, my spouse or whatever, they get a post-it note or a text or a video and it's maybe 30 seconds long. And I'm connecting even a business partner, 
or a VP on my team or whatever, I'm sending them a video or a post-it note. I'll take a picture and just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. You're freaking rad. Like, nice. keep going. And just connecting. And then from, from there, I'm just like, all right, God, I don't know what you're going to put me in right now, but we got to go to work. And that's it. Yeah. Right. That's, I, did you hear her audience, right? Like, yeah. you don't have to make this complicated, right? Um, and that just kind of brings me back to when I got first sober, or first got sober, my sponsor goes, Max, you got to learn how to get vulnerable. And I was yeah. like, I couldn't even pronounce the word at that time. I'm like, wings, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Right. And then that later, like, us. what are you doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, right. And it was funny when you mentioned like praying for the people, like I'm going through this thing at home, right. Where I have to make a repair and I was in the process of doing it. Right. And I never thought I'd actually meet a Karen live and in person. Right. And I did. Right. And oh, let me tell you, man, this lady, like, it brings me back to when that part, you know, in our recovery where we're going through the book. Right. And I remember like my sponsor going, the ones you hate the most, you need to pray for them for two weeks. And I'm like, I don't know what the F you're thinking, but you're smoking crack or something because I'm not doing that, right? And he goes, are you going to follow direction like you said you would? And I'm like, right? So I'm in the process of doing that right now because like I see him drive and I just like, I want to throw rocks at the car, right? I want to like, oh, anyway, right? And that's hard, right? For me, because I want to fall back into old behavior and go, oh, you want to be a dick to me? Let me see. Let me show you what I can do, right? Yeah, yeah. And um. But I have to remember, like, okay, because then I get that angel and the debt, you know what I mean? And that's God going, dude, that's not what I taught you. So pull your head out of your butt. But it's I got to tell you, Jen, it's been very, very hard for me to go bite my tongue and not want to say something, you know, go run in my backyard and yell across the baby piece of, you know what? Oh, I mean, because they're causing more headache than it should have. Anyway, but I get what you're saying, right? If I didn't do those things like you do in the morning, like what I, I almost a similar, right? I get up, I pray meditate right I, I talk to god first and then i try to listen for a little bit um then i try to you know i do my gratitude journal and then you know in the morning after i i make because i help take care of my mother-in-law i do my mm -hmm. workout my cat and i'm into this kettlebell thing right and it's tougher okay. than it I, I was like the first couple of days like my legs are sore right now i'm like it's tougher than you think right and it's oh. good for me though, because I lost after that surgery. I was telling you, I lost a lot of my balance. So it's teaching me. Mm -hmm. It's it's I'm using muscles I haven't felt in quite a long time, right? But that's like, <laughs> but yeah, right. And it's it just it's making it's releasing those natural endorphins because I got mm -hmm. off my medication about four years ago. I was on a antidepressant, right, and it just stopped working, right? Yeah. When people are telling you, Max, you're here, but you're not here, right? Like you're not happy, you're not sad, you're just kind of bit. Yep. I have, you know, that talk with God. Okay. Is this the time? Right. And of course my wife, as great as she is, she's in the background doing research and she goes, you know, after about 10 years, that shit don't work. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I called my doctor. I did it the way he said, and I've been off it for four years and probably feel better than I ever have. Right. And I'm like yeah. you, I want to live. Right. Cause I've already beaten most of my dad's side. My uncles, like my dad died of a massive heart attack at 55. I think yeah. I had one uncle that lived to 92, but the rest, the other three of them all died before 65 of heart or cancer or, you know what I mean? I'm like, so I'm already beating them. I've never had a heart issue. I'm doing okay. 
right? And I want to keep it going. So like you, I try to fuel my body that so my body works for me, not against me, yep. right? Because we already did that back when, right? When we we're putting oh, all yeah. the poison in our, you know, like my my one mentor said, you were committing suicide on the installment plan, buddy. Every time you oh, stuck a drink, so you know what I mean? Like every time you stuck a drink or drug, the way you did it, you were committing suicide on the installment plan. I remember he had me, I was like, like, he's right. Like, oh my yeah. God, I was. But, you know, this journey called life, you know, with its ups and downs, mountaintops and right has all led to like this wonderful moment of being here with you on the podcast. And you're listening to you share how how life's been for you and how you deal with. Right. Because we still you know, and I know that we still have that dark side, but we choose not to to go there anymore because we know what, you know, the light is much better, even with its challenges and. So what I like to, there's a couple of questions I like to ask, you know, right? Oh, goodness. <laughs> They're not bad, right? So look, if you see the name, that's the name of my, my podcast is the name of my book, Fearless yes. Happiness. So I like the first question I want to ask you is, um, what does fearless mean to you? Okay. And how does that show up on a daily basis for you? Okay. So, gosh. Man, Max, you're asking such really great questions. Um, so this uh, fearless means to me the willing to acknowledge and own the fact that I have fear and that my goal isn't to become fearless, that every single day I'm aiming for something. I'm aiming for connection. And inside of that aim, am I willing to be brave even inside of my fear? Am I willing to be courageous even with my fear? And am I willing to be kind and loving when I'm scared? And so for me, that's what fearless means for me is that, that I've, it's not, fear doesn't go away. And I don't, even in the darkness, that I don't have to flee from it, that now it's, it's an indicator. It's telling me something's going on. And from that point, am I willing to just be with what's going on inside of myself? And then from there, just talking to another human being. So for me, that's what fearless means. I love it. Right. Everybody's got such amazing, the guests I've had since day one have, it's funny how the answers are different, but the same, if you think about it, right? Because really, if you think about being fearless, will we ever be really be fearless? No. Right. But we can learn to be, we can learn to fear less, less. right? Yep. I love and, that. Yep. And you and I have done that in our recovery, right? We, like when they said you had to work steps and go to meetings, right? I had no idea prior to getting sober, like what a, I'm like, right? And then I got to share it, like, no, like, yep. I don't even like you people. Like, why do I want to come in here and show you? I'm like, you know, like, yep. but, um, but it's a lesson I've learned along this journey, it's okay to be afraid, right? Mm-hmm. One, now it makes my blood pump because then I know if I just go through it, I'm going to learn something, right? Because it's that old saying, what doesn't kill us makes us grow stronger, right. right? And like you, my purpose is hopefully from those lessons learned, I can help other people go through, right? Getting into recovery and getting sober and letting them know, yeah, it's scary, but you don't have to fear it, but just do it, right? Just one foot in front of the other. And like you and I know, we just connect with people and say, oh, just let them know. When they know that they've got somebody holding their hand, it makes it so much better, right? It does. It's yes, that's what it's about. 
mean, it's just like in anything, right? Business, like when you do things yourself, like I remember growing up, always was so stubborn, right? Because I wanted to be the guy that could do everything myself. Right? Yeah. Right. How many times did I fall on my face? But it's like business and life, it all parallels our recovery, right? You know, when we do it with people, like minded people, and that fear gets less and less because you know you're not alone. It's just, I believe the fear gets greater when you think you're all by yourself and there's no one there to help support you. Right. But when I become fearless, right. I can connect with Jen. I can yep. connect with other people and go, Hey, I got this going on. What's, what do you think? Right. Instead of trying to right? cause I only have two brain cells. I like to tell my kids, I got two brain cells left and they're always arguing. So, you know, you got to slow down and let me, let me catch up to what you're trying to tell me. But I got That's three so that, right. I got three kids that are on chip off the old block and um, right. And but like you, you know, even though I wasn't there, right, like these last almost 20 years, I pretty much have told them, I love you and I will be here, right? But if you get thrown in jail, I'm going to do what your grandmother did to me. Hey, can you bail me out? You're going to hear a chuckle and then the dial tone because that's yep. the first thing I heard, right? But I got to tell you, I used to get angry because my mom did not do that with my little brother, Teddy, that you know. It was like, yeah. oh, help me do these care packages for him. And I would walk out of the house. No, but anyway, I'm off track a little bit. Um, but you get what I'm saying, right? The, it's the baby. God, it used to drive me crazy. I know but, it's so lame, but there's a, there's some weird, strange pull with that little baby boy. I got to tell you. Absolutely. So um, my next question for you, right. is something into a little bit um, happier as they say. Okay. So happiness, right. Is the second uh -huh. part of the title. And I put a Y in there. So what is that. happiness, knowing I put the why in there, what does that mean for you? And how does that show up in your life today? I act, it's so rad that you're asking me this because I, this morning I was, I was listening to some of your podcasts and uh, stalking you a little bit and just like, I'm preparing, I'm preparing as much as I can and also expecting for things just to go a completely different way. When I see your word happiness, what really occurs for me is that there's joy, the why and the joy inside of happiness. And I was like, God, that's so weird and corny. Like, really, you're going to make me say something like that. And <laughs> uh, so for me, this is happiness is um, stop. Like I'm no longer willing. And there are days, but to be myopic on things, you know, Throughout the last 22 years, you know, I've been married twice and I've had houses and then we've lost them. My kids have watched cars being towed away. The kids and I were almost in a homeless shelter when I had 14 years of sobriety. Um, you know, like that inside of that, there's you get moments consistently all the time of laughter, even inside of someone else's sadness that for there, just like the breath. Like there's something wonderful of this gift of desperation, just knowing that I'm breathing. So for me, happiness is, am I willing to really be inside of current reality, even though I know there's no way I can possibly even understand that? Um, am I, can I just accept the fact that I, my worth is not contingent on someone loving me or liking me or thinking I'm amazing, the car I drive, the shoes I wear, if my kids even like me or love me, if my kids leave me, am I still willing to be happy and to continue? So happiness for me is freedom. 
I love it. I love it. That's a great, great way to look at it, right? And that's why I put the why in there. It's part of what you said is that joy, right? Because we, if you think about it, happiness is sometimes fleeting, right? I could yep. be happy in one moment. I could walk out this door, stub my toe, and then you're going to hear the F-bombs, you know, like oh, happiness, yeah. right? Sure. But, but as you know, and I know, we've learned over the years, right, that happiness comes from within, right? Like no one's going to make me happy. I could have yep. the best spouse, the best kids, right? But if I cannot make myself happy, then it's going to show, right? So I, I put the wine there. Because I always tell my uh, guests, right, that, that happiness starts with you. It starts from within. And, and then it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can always be happy, right? I've been through, and you, I, I know you have, but we've, you know, in this thing called recovery, right, it's not a straight line. And it's definitely a zigzag up and down. And, and I've been able to still find moments of joy through all the craziness. And as you know, it's happened to my family and stuff like that. So, um. You know, I love your answer. It puts a big smile on my face, right? Because like this is divine intervention that I get to do this, right? Because there was a moment, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, you'd be on a podcast with Jen Reese, this amazing woman <laughs> who has a family. I'd have told you, Jen, whatever you're right, smoking or drinking, pass it my way. But I, I, I'm loving this path because I get to be with amazing people like yourself and, and hear oh, your gosh. story and, and right and hopefully share your story with my audience in the world that doesn't matter what you're gone through, right? You can always change your perspective. You can always change uh, the trajectory of your life. And right, it's not going to be perfect, but you just got to yeah. get perfect effort, which means you get up in the morning and you try every day, yeah. right? I mean, this and this is also... You know, there there is a lot of despair. You know, there is a lot of loneliness and isolation and, you know, in recovery and in the world, you know, people don't always make it. And if anybody is struggling um, in any any way, food, alcohol, drugs, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, depression, like Matt, uh, Max, <laughs> like reach out to Max. I'm not kidding you. Um, I reached out to him asking him a couple questions and it was almost immediate. And I know sometimes some people can't respond immediate, but what I did have noticed about you, Max, and I just really want to say this is you really pay attention to the details on, with people and the small details. And if you're not able to respond, you at least respond, Hey, like I I'm here. Can we do it now? And you're giving someone the option, the opportunity to be like, Hey, I'm really messed up. And you're still open for to take care of yourself in that moment and also somebody else. So, um, and you know, sometimes I am, I'm aware that people don't want to live and I just want to challenge that. I really want to challenge that. And, um, and, and I want to say like, if you don't like right on you're loved and, uh, you don't have to even not want to live alone. Um, and there's very few of us that will be willing to be with you even in those moments, but we're here. And, um, and we're, we're not, I don't want any human being, and I know I can't make this true, but I don't want anybody, any human being to die thinking that they were alone. Yeah, exactly. And that's my purpose. That's my purpose. Yeah, that's why I do what I do. That's one of my big, the biggest reasons that is part of my purpose is because you and I have seen that where people have died because they thought they were all alone when all they had to do was pick up that phone or just. Right. And which leads me into this, the next couple questions, right? Is like if someone wants to work with you, Jen, 
right? They want to learn how to speak or business, whatever coaching you do. Mm-hmm. How can they get a hold of you? Where can they reach you? Where, they, where can they find you? So I would tell you the easiest way is uh, just go on Facebook, Jennifer Reese, R-E-E-S is in Sam. And um, also I can give you my phone number. I have a phone number that I give out. It's 949-793-1986. It's pretty simple. Um, and you can ask me any question. And if you want to work with me in whatever capacity, um, let's see if you're a really great fit. And what I, that's what I mean by a coaching style, business style. I don't mean if you're struggling in a life or death situation, I'm, I'm all in. I'm committed to that all the time. And, um, and, and I just give my phone number out. I'm great. And I let God protect me and guard me. And my husband does a great job and I have a great <laughs> team. And that's the simple way. And also eventually, if you just send me a message, I'll send you my website and we can, we can go from there, but just text me. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that's in the show notes, everybody. If you want to ever get a hold of Jennifer, um, I'll make sure that we can, that I'll make that happen. So again, Jen, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been just an awesome, awesome experience, an awesome conversation. So grateful that you took me up on being a guest. But there is one last question I get to ask before we part ways, right? And I ask this of all my guests, and it goes like this. What is one piece of advice you would give my audience, right, to help them become better people and to become better human beings? What is that one piece of advice that you would give them to help them become better people? Oh, gosh, gosh, I'm going to cry on the very last question. <laughs> My advice to every single human being is this. Connect to the heart. Connect to your own heart. Connect to the heart with a stranger, the person next to you, because love conquers a multiple multitude of stuff. And even though you're scared, love actually really can win. And so let love win, let it make you feel crazy and go insane. And, and also there's a lot of us that are with you. And so, uh, let's just, just love. But I've been taught just love on each other, right? That's what God says. Anyway, we not always have to like each other, but we can love on each other. Right. Yeah. Thank God. I don't have to like you, but I will freaking love you. I promise. (laughs) That's awesome, man. So. God, like this has been great. Thank you, Jen, again for your time. This has been amazing. Thank you. you heard it, everybody, right? As you know how I do it, right? If Jen made you think, if you she taught you something, if she made you laugh, if she made you cry, and like I always say, if she made you go, hmm, like, ooh, that was <laughs> good, right? Please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, leave a, a review so more people can find the podcast. And then until next time, everybody, we'll see you later. So again, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. Have a good one, and I'll see you later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.